You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition. Now, this company has been around for man, like over a hundred years. And these guys make loads for just about any bird that uh, you can hunt. And because it's spring, that means it's turkey season. And they have turkey loads for 10 gauge all the way to 410s and everything in between. And they call it their federal heavyweight TSS, right? This is a, a heavyweight tungsten super shot load. And that's their turkey load right? And it says here that their tungsten alloy material is 18 grams per cubic centimeter density. That means it is 22, 22% higher than standard tungsten and 56% more than lead. And what this, uh, long story short, what this does, it, it allows that load to travel at higher velocities for longer distances right? And so that makes it a very consistent and very deadly turkey shot. So make sure that you guys go and check out the turkey shots over at federalpremium.com and pick them up wherever you buy your ammunition. These guys are all over the place. And also be sure to go to federalpremium.com for their blog and their podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Ohio Huntsman podcast and today's show is is kind of a continuation of the conversation from last week. So last week Jake and Jeff talked about finding public land. This show is some of the mapping tools and things that we use to find public lands, keep track of the boundaries, and basically some of the pros and cons between the free options, the paid options, what do you get with each, what are the differences between the different softwares and things. So that's what that the conversation that you're about to hear is about. And we, you know, we of course talk about a little bit about uh, the coronavirus in the beginning and, and how that's impacting us and things like that. So that's what the episode's about. Before we get into that, though, I want to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So... A lot of guys like to run mineral in the spring for antler growth, to help fawn development, that sort of thing. So now is a good time to be getting your mineral out. If you're interested in that, Monster Whitetail Grub has you covered. They have straight mineral and their signature Monster Whitetail Grub feed also has mineral mixed in. So whichever option you want to go, they have it. So if you want to run some of that, you want to try some of that stuff out, go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and there's a link there to get in touch with them and order some of their stuff. With that, I think that's 
all the announcements I have for you all. So we'll get into the conversation with Jeff and I. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so it looks like it's just going to be Jeff and I today. I think Jake got held up at work, and we're going to talk about sort of a continuation of, of last week's conversation on finding public land. This is going to be a conversation on some of the tools that you can use for mapping public land or <coughs> and you're going to have to excuse me. I still have I wasn't on last week's call because I had a cough and I as you just heard still have a little bit of a cough. So I'm going to do my best to to mute my mic whenever I feel a cough coming on, but some of them might sneak through. So some of the tools that are out there for identifying public lands or mapping those lands, you know, waypoints, things like that. Everybody's heard of the 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 big brand names, Hunt Stand and Onyx. Those are the two sort of mobile, uh, mobile friendly hunting property boundary, hunting waypoint apps out there. There's a couple other tools that we use as well. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before that, I have, as everybody is aware, we are in the middle of this um, coronavirus pandemic. And so things are a little crazy. We, my wife and I are working from home, working remotely. Our daughter is, is obviously not in school, so she's home with us. So we're, we're making that work. Jeff, I haven't heard. Yeah. What's your situation like? Are you still going into the office or? Yeah, I'm still going in the office. I mean, I, I only have a, in, in my office, there's only two people, um, you know, all the time. And then my building office building isn't heavily traveled either. So, you know, on, on any given day, you know, it's typically my whole building is between maybe four to 10 people are in the whole building. So it's pretty low risk. Right. Um, I'm still going in the office. Uh, my wife's work is uh, the building is shut down uh, indefinitely. Um, everybody's working from home who can work from home. So yeah, that's where we're at. And, you know, my business, you know, kind of work. I work in the trucking industry and it's, it's kind of hit or miss right now. You know, a lot of industries starting to shut down. So, you know, either people are looking for parts to repair machines or there's no work to be to be had out there because a lot of the industry is starting to shut down. Yeah, because you guys aren't you don't deal in like the grocery store delivery. You're You're moving equipment and machinery and that kind of thing, right? Yes, the majority of what we move is equipment and machinery. Um, we do get a few, we have a few small clients that are 
um, other goods. Um, none of it's, you know, a little bit of medical goods. Um, no grocery stuff, though. Okay. So, because of all this, I've got myself in a little bit of a quandary. So, you know, social distancing, don't be going out in public, stay at home, do your part to flatten the curve, right? Well, you know, if you guys follow on social or you've been hearing us talk, we got chickens. We've got four baby chicks here at home. And I haven't, my plan was, uh, you know, I've got time that they're going to be baby chicks. I've got, you know, a month or better before they're going to be needing to be outside in a coop or, or ready to be outside in the coop. Well, then this all hit and I sort of slipped my mind. I don't have the materials at this point. You know, I, I think Home Depot and Lowe's and all in those types of stores are still open. But mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not so sure that <laughs> they're not going to be closed at some point. We watched the, right. uh, today's the 18th. We watched the governor's uh, press conference today, and he's talking. He wants, you know, employers who are still, you know, businesses that are still working. They want you to take the temperature of all your employees now, you know, when they come in for work that day. Um, and I don't have time to. I don't have time to get to the store to get supplies until uh, Friday, probably at the earliest. Mm-hmm. So assuming, <laughs> assuming they're still open on Friday, yeah, I'm going to have to risk it and go out. I, I think we're still, yeah. I mean, the and cases hear, obviously are going up every day, but right. from what they're saying, you know, peak of this is, is really going to be like closer to May, beginning of May. And then things will start to taper down, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I, what I've heard is that uh, home improvement stores are actually pretty busy because there's a lot of people who are home, you know, can't can't be working. So it's a good time to do those home projects that you've been putting right. off. You know, people are stir crazy, and I mean, I had that yeah. idea, like, oh well since there's nothing else we can possibly be doing, maybe we should check some stuff off that list. Right. So you, they, they could be, uh, there could be a lot of people there. Yeah. So I might, (laughs) I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. They close the, the home and, you know, the hardware stores and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have chickens that are (laughs) too big to be in my house and nowhere to put them. I guess though, I mean, they'd make a mess of it, but I've got that barn. I don't. I guess I could. When people hear me say barn, you know, you think a barn, but it's it's a barn from the outside, but the inside it's finished. The previous owners built this barn and then finished it. It's got heat and air. It's got carpet. It's got it's drywalled, insulated, chair rail, like it's finished. Yeah. So to you know to put chickens in there, but I get I mean I guess desperate times call for desperate measures, right? Yeah, I mean I, I 
I, I probably got enough wood here. I would recommend slapping some, yeah, slapping some boards together to make something. Something, yeah. I probably have mm. enough wood here to make something work. Until the problem is, like, you know, how long, right? Like, make something yeah. work for two weeks, or are we talking, you know, two months? You know, yeah, no a, one knows. Yeah, so. Hopefully I can get there and get some stuff before things really go on lockdown or forced quarantine or, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, no one, no one really knows how long all this is going to last. Yeah. I also have another interesting story to, you know, we're home working from home and we get a knock at our front door this afternoon and it's raining today and, it's this woman, and I wish Jacob was on the call because this happened to to his wife. She says, I hate to, you know, be a weirdo knocking on your door, but uh, my dogs locked me out of my house, <laughs> and is there any way I could use your phone? Huh. And she's soaked, right? I mean, she walked, uh-huh. you know, to our house, which is, I don't know what are you a quarter mile maybe oh maybe not quite so that she, far i don't so she was just it, knocking on every door like because well there's only one other house between her and i and i i'm wondering uh-huh. i mean because the other neighbors i'm pretty sure are there unless they're out of town or something but they just like uh-huh. nope not answering it <laughs> i don't know but i answered and she soaked and uh yeah so she borrowed the phone and I offered to give her a ride back or, you know, let her come in for a minute. She's like, no, I'm already soaked. Oh, enjoy the fresh air. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She hands she hands me my phone back and says, probably want to sanitize that after, you know, <laughs> with everything that's going on. I'm healthy, uh, but you never know. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. So, but yeah, that, I, I don't know if you remember, that happened to Lindsay, Jacob's wife. Uh-huh. And it was when... It was when their, I, I think shortly after their first, their first kid, Lily was born, and they both got locked out. The dog, same thing, jumped up and hit the hit the deadbolt latch, and uh, locked her out of the house. And in that case, I was able, I didn't have a key, but I was able to go over there and uh, basically break into their house. I was able to to pick the lock, Jimmy the lock, and. Uh, got them back in so mm-hmm. yeah well amber's so. a little on edge here and uh the other day they were they're they're trimming the trees along the power line on our road well apparently someone needed to come back and check the power lines coming to the houses and she walked outside you know because she's been working at home she walks outside to get in the car and uh, there's a guy standing like, you know, in our woods, oh. you know, like, I don't know, 30 feet from from the door. There's just a dude in the woods. Yeah. And, you know, she said she she about freaked out and then she realized <laughs> what he was doing. But, you know, you you don't expect to see anyone, you know. Right. When you walk out of our house, you don't expect to see anyone. We're back off the road and Yeah. 
she sees a guy, you know, in the tree row between our property and the neighbors, you know, where the power line runs. Yeah. Not lost it. I, I could imagine. So I guess in all that desperate times, hopefully everybody's staying healthy. Hopefully this doesn't uh, last as long as they're saying it's going to or predicting it's going to. And I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, yeah. there's a lot of unknown. Nobody knows. Unprecedented uh, situation of events. And the one thing I keep saying with all of this is I hope coming out of this, people, like individuals, but also us as a nation are more prepared for something like this in the future. It seems like, you know, there was a, I know a lot of people listen to Joe Rogan's podcast and he had a guy on and I can't remember his name, but he had a guy on talking about infectious diseases and this coronavirus. And, you know, he's, he's done some advising for, the White House and, you know, different, you know, governmental agencies and things like that. And, you know, he he painted a pretty grim picture, honestly. You know, he made claims like 90 uh, some percent of our generic medications, like life sustaining medications, like, um, you know, blood pressure medication and things like that are made in China. It's like if I told you that 90 percent of the bullets for the military were made in China, you'd have a problem with that, right? Like this is a problem. And I, he, you know, he, he's sort of been beating the drum to on deaf ears, mm -hmm. if, if you will, sort of the gist of it. So hopefully, yeah. you know, hospitals, governments, like we, we come out of this with plans for right. when, and if there is a next time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't, I don't want to dive too far down this rabbit hole, but you know, this this isn't the big one you know a lot of people are saying like oh you know this is the, you know the epidemic and i i don't think it is you know from from my education this this isn't the big one there's there's going to be something worse you know right. so hopefully we come out of this a lot more prepared so when something more deadly more infectious more whatever comes we're prepared yeah yeah so I, I guess just something to think about you know from your personal life i don't you know i don't know i'm not recommending that everybody become a doomsday prepper i, I don't know that that's necessary no. but just you know keeping some back stock of food supplies in your house you know that's that stuff that stuff that you're gonna eat but you know, that doesn't go bad real quick, canned foods and things, you know, don't just go buy random stuff that like, well, it doesn't go bad or, you know, pack your house right. full of MREs or something. Pack you know. your house full of toilet paper. Like, that's, yeah, that's not really going to help much. Yeah. But just have some, you know, keep some supplies on hand and, and you know, instead of like, oh, we're out of canned corn. We're like, oh, we're down to six cans of corn let's go buy six more so, you know whatever whatever you're going to do but just things to think about to be 
prepared, you know, when and if this happens again and, and, you know, there's not this massive run on groceries and supplies with people stocking up, you, you know, you'll kind of sort of already be mm-hmm. stocked up, if you will. So before we, like you said, before we go too far, too, too much further down that uh, rabbit trail, let's get into yeah. a more happy topic here. Yeah. So you, you, I didn't listen to your guys' episode last week other than enough to, you know, edit and, and drop the commercials in and things like that. So if I'm repeating something that you guys talked about last week, you can just jump in and tell me, yep, we already talked about that. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, Jacob and Jeff talked last week about finding public hunting ground in, in Ohio. Now sort of the next phase of that is these these hunting and, and mapping tools and services, right? So we, we in the beginning we mentioned Hunt Stand and Onyx, but those are they have free versions, but you know, generally if you if you want the the features that most of us kind of need or want, they're they're a they're a paid model. Um, and the, the pricing is, is basically the same, you know, in that 25 to $30 range, uh, re- historically hunt stand had other, they, they tried some different pricing structures or pricing models where, you know, you could have a, a limited functionality version of the app, but you could pay to have the ads removed or, you know, then you could go another tier up and have full functionality, things like that. And, you know, they've had different features inside of or inside of or outside of the, the, um, the pay, the paywall, I guess is what I'll call it. But Mm -hmm. pricing between the two is, is sort of, I'll, I'll say a a non-issue, right? They're, they're basically the same thing. But for free versions, before we get into those, you've got your county GIS maps. And what I think every county has them now, and they're, they're online. Typically, you can find them just by Googling the county name and GIS or GIS map, and it'll take you to that county's GIS map. That shows you yeah. all kinds of property owner data, you know, all the municipalities, roadways, um, uh, right-of-ways, railroad tracks, um, gas line, you know, all of that is mapped on the GIS. That's basically the information that HuntStand and OnX are reporting, is that GIS data for property owner. And they've got They've got layer to layers. And when I say layers, meaning like they've got a satellite view, they've got a just a, a map view. They may, and, and all of them are a little different. Um, they may even have some some topo views, floodplain information, that kind of stuff. You know, you got to think that's more from a county property ownership standpoint. They they don't care about right. hunters you know right. not that they don't care about them but that's not what that tool is for and you can make measurements on on there 
but the downfall to those is they're county specific. So you've got to go county to county and they don't, they, I've not found one that works well on mobile. You know, it's not an app. It's a web page. It just doesn't work well on mobile. Yeah. Yeah. And even, Uh, even the desktop version sometimes are hard to use. Right. Yeah. They're, you know, they've got icons that sometimes do or don't have a description as to what that icon is for. And, you know, so a lot of it is kind of pecking around trying to figure out how to make it work. But, you know, if you don't want to pay and you're just looking for a couple property owner information or, you know, where the line is, that sort of thing, you know, you can't really use it um, while you're out on the property. It's not going to put like your location dot on the map. It's not, again, that's not really what they're for. But if you always hunt the same area and, you know, you don't know who the property owner behind you is, that's a that's a free way of figuring that out. You can get that property owner information, reach out, you know, if you want to maybe start a, uh, um, oh, I'm blanking on the word. You know, when a group of guys get together and they have common sort of management goal, what's the what's the word for that, Jeff? Like a collab? Like a uh... Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, co-op. Co-op, yes. Co-op, yes. that's the word, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, boy, that was a that was a massive brain fart. Um, yeah, and as soon as you put me on the spot, I lost it, so. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's, that's a good option. I've, you know, I use that, I don't want to say a lot, but, you know, if I... If I, because I don't at the moment, I'm not paying for either Hunt Stand or or Onyx. Um, yeah. So I will use that in some some scenarios. So I think most of our audience is is deer hunters of some sort. You know, whether you're a diehard deer hunter or you know you you deer hunt casually. Either way, deer scent is a good tool to have in your toolkit. Right? You can use it to set up mock scrapes. You can use it to get deer to stop in front of your camera. You can use it as an attractant. You can use it as a cover scent. So whatever kind of scent you're looking for, Mastin's Deer Scents has you covered. So they've been a sponsor of this show for a while now, and we've had really good success with their product. It's a high-quality scent. They collect everything on stainless steel, so you're not getting any off scents or anything like that and it's worked well for us so if you want to try some of that out i know it's not deer season it's springtime but you know one thing that we do is is use a little scent in front of our cameras to try to you know as we're watching antler growth right you can get deer to stop in front of your camera and get a couple pictures of it and that's one way you can use it this time of year or just keep it in mind for when you're starting to stock up on scent for the fall so you can two ways you can you can order product you can go to mastinsdeersense.com and browse around their site see what they have order right on their site or go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and there'll be a link there to take you to their website whichever way is easier more convenient for you easier to remember 
So with that, let's jump back into the episode. Now, Jeff, you said uh, you use Google Earth quite a bit. You want to talk about that some? Yeah, I use Google Earth a lot for my scouting. Um, And the main feature I really like about Google Earth is when you have a new property or a property that you haven't been familiar with for the past, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 years, um, you can, they have historic photos, satellite imaging, which can really help you determine how the land has been used in the past to see, you know, like, oh, there used to be an old logging road here, so the deer might still be traveling what used to be an old logging road, which, I mean, now you can't even tell if that's a logging road, but, you know, the the deer kind of travel the same paths as the forest grows up around them. So I've used right. it, there's you know, a, for that. There's a flat area there. Yeah. <laughs> right. And um, I've used Google Earth um, for for topographic information, you know, to see. I like their their topographic maps to kind of see, you know, if there's saddles or hills or rolls or, you know, if that's a if there's a, a bowl. Um, but, yeah, I really now, are you talking like the. Are you talking the 3D feature where you can kind of like tilt the map and see the undulation in the ground? Or are you just saying like the topo lines? You like the way Google Earth displays topo lines? Uh, They're topo lines. Just there. Yeah, I find that. And I mean, it's probably just as good as the county geological services maps are. But Google Earth's tools are way easier to use. Okay. You know, it's a lot more intuitive, the use of it. So I find it easier to use. Um, But I really like the historic maps because that gives you a lot of information about, especially, you know, it's like, oh, well, these are all woods. You know, I'm going to a new area. I haven't had boots on the ground. Well, you know, all you see now on Google Maps or currently is like, oh, this is just woods. Lock well, woods, if you go, yeah. yeah, if you go into the historic photos, you can tell, oh, well, this section was, you know, clear cut 20 years ago. So oh. that's probably going to be, you know, dense, small saplings here, you know, dense woods where the deer might be bedding and, Oh, well, this block of woods is always, you know, for the past 50 years has been mature timber. So that's probably still open woods. So, you know, you can kind of get an idea of what the woods are right. by using it, the historic images. Yeah, the, the, the thing that I look for in that or, or one of the things I look for in that is. I, you know, because like you said, a lot of times looking at a satellite image, it's just green leaves from a, a summertime picture or something. With right. that historical stuff, you can you can sometimes identify edge that you wouldn't otherwise <coughs> see on a, you know, on just a regular satellite image. Because like you said, you can, I, oh, this used to be a field, 
so there's probably even though now it's woods like there's a difference in habitat there because of different age structure or you right. know whereas right now from a satellite view it all kind of looks like green woods but you can identify edge within a block of what looks like somewhat monotonous habitat yeah then obviously yeah. you know you you confirm that with boots on the ground right right and i've i've even you know been able to use it to find wet areas you know like because the topography isn't all that different but you know on the current google map photo it kind of shows this area as being dry or no different than anywhere else but if you go to historic you can see oh well you know five years ago that you know that was water there like there you can clearly see that there's water here so these aren't dry woods they're wet woods or that's you know that part of the field floods so that's more of a wet area so you know then you can kind of get an idea of what tree species could even be there you know if it's yeah you know more wet area you're looking at probably more uh walnuts and white oaks compared to you know a drier area so you can kind of get a better mental image of what's there without getting boots on the ground yeah yeah and uh now can you when I'm looking at historical images, I always have to do it on the desktop version of Google Earth because there is an app. Can you can you see historical images on the app? I'm not sure. I think you can, um, but I typically use the desktop version okay. to, when I'm doing that. Really, the only okay. uh, mobile app I use a lot for scouting and stuff is I use just the free version of hunt stand i use the desktop version to draw lines and stuff and then go to the mobile version to you know basically just check my prop you know how close i am to the property line that i've already determined where it's at right so i guess that's a good good transition into i guess what i'll call the more modern or hunting specific tools and i think jeff you and i both probably use hunt stand a little bit more and i don't don't know what what your thoughts are on it but but the reason i have been using hunt stand or initially started using hunt stand more i found myself using it more than on x was hunt stand and they still allow you to do this. You're allowed uh, 10 free parcel requests a month. So you can identify 10 different parcels for free without paying anything each month. And what you used to be, (laughs) this was a, this was a pro tip, but they've, they got wise to this. You, you used to be able to identify a parcel. They would say, Oh, you know, Joe Smith owns that property. And then you used to be able to, they called it add a shape. So you could add that boundary to your map and it would save the property owner data with it. Mm, And then so over time, 
you could sort of build out your your property ownership information without ever paying anything right so me you know being (laughs) being cheap sometimes (coughs) that's uh that's what got me on hunt stand now like i said they've since (laughs) they've since gotten wise to that you can still request the data but you can't there's no add shape button anymore to where you can just pop plop that on your on your map right yeah because you can add add lines right because i yes you can draw lines but you used to just be it right right you got your your property request info there was a button there that said add shape and it would trace the outline of that property Uh and it would it would name that shape you know right joe schmidt joe smith 45 acres or something right right yeah because yeah that's that's why i use hunt stand was you know i can basically create you know property lines and make the you know i'm now drawing the lines but i can do it all for free on the desktop version and then when i'm actually on that spot i now know where the property line is for free so that's why i've used it and i wish jacob was here because he pretty much primarily uses um onyx yeah but because you can see map or you can see boundaries property boundaries for free on hunt stand right on, like it, it, it doesn't tell you who owns it, but it shows you where the boundaries are. I believe so, yes. Yeah, see, I think on OnX, you have to, in order to see the property, because it's a layer, in, in, in order to get that layer, I think you have to, I'm pretty sure I'm looking at the app here, you have to pay for OnX to mm-hmm. even be able to see the, the property boundaries. So that's one benefit to HuntStand. You can see the property boundaries without paying for their what they call their pro version of the app. Mm-hmm. Onyx, in order to see the property boundaries, you have to pay for the, the full version of the app. Now, one thing that Onyx has done, and when I was doing some research before this, it looks like HuntStand has added this feature, but Onyx from the beginning... Right, their their thing has been, you can download the map and use it just like you use it when you're connected to the web, but use it offline. You download a quadrant or whatever, mm-hmm. and you can see all the the you know the property info, the topo lines, all of that stuff. And until recently, HuntStand did not have that that capability. They uh, and I. Like I said, on HuntStand, I just I just saw that they've added that. I have not used it because it's it's a pay feature. You have to upgrade to the pro version in order to be able to download for offline use. They, but they do now have an offline maps uh, button feature, if you will. So I don't know how well it works, but Onyx has been doing that for years now. Like that that's been their thing from the beginning. So they've got that dialed it works 
and it works well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you gotta, you gotta pay, which like I said, I don't, you know, I keep saying pay, but it's, you know, 25, 30 bucks for the year. It's not like it's cost prohibitive in, in, in any way. It's, uh, you know, I guess it is yeah. one other cost to, <laughs> to add to your, your hunting. Right. Budget, but yeah, um, I just, but yeah. for, for me, I, I haven't had Onyx for, I don't know, four years. I might've had it four years ago. Um, but yeah, for me, it just, I, I do enough scouting ahead of time typically that I, I know where I'm going and I know roughly where the property lines are. You know, I've done that via desktop, I just, and I'm cheap. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I guess, I guess to, cause we kind of dove right into some of the, the nitty gritty details of these two, but to sort of back up a little bit, hunt stand and onyx sort of have some fundamental differences in the way you use them. So onyx, like I said, you can download quadrants, um, like, like quad map quadrants, but, but basically they are, it's a single map and, you know, you zoom into the area that you're interested in and you can drop waypoints and do what you need you know it saves those waypoints all of that hunt stand has you set up um i I forget if they call them hunting areas or hunting zones but you have different different zones or hunt areas that's what they call them hunt areas and those markers and waypoints and property boundaries and things are specific to that zone or hunt area. So what that allows you to do is kind of break things up a little bit. If you have a group of guys that you hunt with, you know, at say you've got a cabin or something, you can set up a hunt zone for there. You can share that as like a group area meaning everybody can add waypoints, everybody can see each other's waypoints and, and uh, pins and all this stuff. But you could have another hunt area that maybe is you know, only a family hunting area or it's your personal property or something that nobody else hunts on or it's a different group of guys that hunt on there. And you know that is the, totally isolated. Now... Like I said, on X is <coughs> just waypoints. Um, you can share those waypoints and, you know, I, you can share them with anybody. Anybody that has on X can see those waypoints. You can drop a pin and share it with people. You can, I think you can share tracks with people, you know, all of that kind of sharing ability, but it doesn't really separate it into separate hunt areas if you will so it just depends on how you want to use it i don't i'm not saying one way is better or worse it's just sort of a a, Mm -hmm. a fundamental difference in the way they're used right hunt stand has features in there about like message boards and stuff and you know so if you have like a hunt camp 
you can you've got a group board where you can say oh hey tree stand whatever the old leaner is uh got a bad squeak we need to you know lube that up this summer or you know that kind of thing they both now have weather information in them um hunt stand has a what they call their hunt zone so you kind of say this is where i'm planning to hunt and it looks at the the wind direction and speed and we'll sort of um throw out a uh like a scent cone saying like this is the 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 dead area the no-go zone so if you're expecting the deer to come from that way don't hunt that stand because your scent's going to be long right to them which which can kind of be helpful but you know as (laughs) as we all know scent does weird things um this is sort of a, a a pretty simple rendition of wind direction and wind speed right right um, and hunts hunt stand also has a you know another layer there that shows which way if you're waterfowl hunting uh birds land into the wind so it shows which way the birds are going to be landing so you know which way to set up Right. You know, so that the birds are landing in front of you, not trying to come over your head and land. Yeah. So that's another good feature. Yeah. Um, so the one thing that I don't know, just because I haven't done side-by-side testing, is like battery usage. You know, if one one app uses more battery than, than another, uh, you know, I honestly have no idea. Um but they they have a lot of the same features but those are some of the what i'll say key differences are uh between the two hunt stand is kind of set up for groups and separate hunt areas whereas onyx is you know you just have your map the other thing and and i don't use this a ton but it's another sort of subtle difference between hunt stand and onyx is hunt stand allows you to filter uh your your markers your waypoints what are that what does hunt stand call them let me see add objects if you i think is what they what they call them i think um onyx calls them waypoints or pins but it allows you to filter those i'll, I'll just call them pins generically it allows you to filter those pins by date so if you have like buck you know like buck information like scrapes were here um rubs were here some of that stuff may be there one year and not another year and so if you're just looking at your map and you've got all these pins on it some of that data could sort of be irrelevant and you know you can say okay i only want pins that i've added you know from september or 2020 you know and then you can kind of layer and say, okay, yeah, last year there was also a rub here or whatever. You know, you, it allows you to, mm-hmm. to filter that by date periods. Whereas I don't think you have that ability in Onyx. You can filter in Onyx by like pin types and things like that. But I don't think you have the ability to filter by date, like creation date. Right. So, um, 
now as far as and and we're not going to be able to speak too intelligent because that was that was sort of jake's role was um on x but uh, speak too intelligently about the map layers um on x might have better like mapping uh, layers I'll, I'll say meaning where is and i'm pretty sure they do out west as far as like <coughs> where is public land where is um forestry land where's blm land where's you know like i think they've got a pretty good handle on that stuff yeah i think they have public land layers within the app where i don't think hunt stand really does yeah so uh, you 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 maybe noticing that you know we're trying to give information on both of these jeff and i use hunt stand more so we know a little bit more about hunt stand there's no right or wrong we're not we're not coming at this as a this is the one you should be using we're trying to sort of talk about the key differences and where they're generally the same (laughs) so that if you are going to buy one of these or, or start using one of these because you haven't been using one, you know, these are some of the things to look at. Cause sometimes, you know, once you get invested into a platform, right, you've set up your property boundaries or you've, you know, whatever the case is, it's sort of like, Oh man, I don't want to. Yeah. I know that one's probably that other one's probably better, but I don't want to take all the hassle of redoing all of this. Right. And so if this helps people, you know, with some guidance on, yeah, okay, it sounds like I I want to use Onyx. That's that's more suits my hunting style, what I'm looking for, or vice versa. It sounds like you know I probably want to lean um, toward hunt stand because I want that group separate you know hunting area capability. You know, those are those are the sort of core differences, right? Hunt stand has that group separate hunting areas onyx is just pins placed on your map um onyx has better public land records layers if you will hunt stand you get 10 free property um property ownership requests a month but if you go into the paid version you have unlimited you know so they both now have offline use. I haven't used the hunt stand offline yet to know if it's good or if it works well. But we know, you know, like I said a little while ago, Onyx has been doing that from the beginning. That's that's their thing, right? You can use your phone as a standalone GPS if you download the maps for offline use. So I can't think of it. I mean, at, at this point, I think we'd just sort of be either rehashing things we already talked about or getting so yeah. far the weeds that yeah, would, you know, be bored I mean, of that. So anything else yeah. you want to touch on? One other thing is uh, for, for wildlife areas and for areas that are managed by the ODNR, um, you, they have maps of their properties and, I find those pretty helpful as well because they break down by, you know, what kind of land type it is. 
you know, they have different colorings for land types. So I, that's another resource I use, um, just to kind of get a better understanding. Uh, you can find them on the ODNR's website. Um, typically if you type in whatever wildlife area you're looking to go to, um, you'll find the wildlife areas homepage and then they'll have, you know, a, a maps button and it shows maps and trails and that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it. I'll stop, uh, <laughs> coughing into the into the mic for everybody yeah. and uh hopefully by next week this cough will be gone and and uh yeah. won't have to fight with this anymore so hopefully this was helpful hopefully uh you know if you're looking at getting into some of these hunting tools or um you, you know you've used one but not the other or maybe, you know, you didn't know that the app, you're using the app and you didn't know it had that functionality, whatever the case may be. Hopefully it was helpful. And uh, that's all for us this week. So st- stay healthy and we will talk to you all next week. All right. So that's going to do it for this week. Hopefully there was something helpful or useful to you in there. And hopefully you got something out of this. Those are some of the tools that we use, some of the things that uh, we've picked up over time, hunting public land, looking for public land. So, like I said, hopefully there was something in there that was useful that you maybe didn't know or that you can use. A few announcements. Um, We still have shirts and decals, sweatshirts, t-shirts. You can go to ohiohuntsman.com slash apparel. And then from there, you'll have uh, men's apparel, women's apparel, youth apparel, and the decals. You can, you know, whatever your options are. So that means we have men's, women, and youth apparel options. And then, of course, the decals. We've got the, the like, transfer decals that you would put on the back of your truck window or, um, you know, wherever you would want that kind of transfer decal. Or we have just plain stickers Ohio Huntsman stickers so check that out and then if you haven't heard me talk if you're looking for deals on outdoor apparel hunting stuff fishing stuff camping stuff uh, check out your outdoor deals that's a a separate Facebook page that we've created to because we're always looking for deals and things like that and so a lot of times we'll find these deals on Amazon where it's a you know it's a really good price and instead of clogging up our Ohio Huntsman feed, we, we created a separate page for that. So that way, if you guys are interested in something like that, you can go follow that. If not, just follow Ohio Huntsman on Facebook and Instagram, and you don't have to see the deals posts. So your outdoor deals on Facebook. And with that, stay safe out there, stay healthy, and we will talk to you all again next week. Mm-hmm.